Welcome to Pharma Talk Radio. I'm Danny McCarthy. Today, Becky Johnson, Director of Global Diversity and Inclusion in Clinical Trials at IQVIA, will be discussing addressing health disparities and racial and ethnic minorities, utilizing technology to raise awareness and recruit more diversely, and bridging the digital divide. Thank you so much for being here, Becky. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Can you tell our audience about the work that you're leading at IQVIA? Just as a little bit of background at IQVIA, over the past 13 years, I've been involved in the patient recruitment arena. Um, I've also been engaged for several years on the issue of diversifying clinical trials. And for my doctoral dissertation, I was exploring how are we able to improve access by looking at all of the multifactorial elements that are involved when clinical research sites are purposeful in recruiting racially and ethnically diverse clinical trial participants. I've also for several years now at IQVIA um, been working with alongside others in developing out our capabilities and offering related to diversity and inclusion. And I'm currently on the steering committee for a cross-functional diversity and inclusion in clinical trials imperative that we have that was recently formed that will enable us to deliver on the growing customer and regulatory expectations that we're now seeing and increase access to our trials by leveraging our existing processes, augmenting our capabilities, and ensuring that diversity planning is integrated into our processes in a scalable manner. And on a study level, I'm responsible for diversity and inclusion strategy development and delivery oversight. I know that you were also involved in the MRCT diversity work group. Can you speak to being in that and how COVID has changed conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion? I have been honored to be able to work alongside some really passionate people who were involved with the MRCT diversity working group to help improve industry's efforts for achieving diversity, equity, and inclusion in clinical research. And I was invited to provide input, especially related to the recruitment and retention strategy and community engagement components. And the timing of the release for this guidance document was was really impeccable. It wasn't planned this way, but the release was right during COVID, which changed the conversations related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. We really saw COVID heighten the awareness and and brought to the forefront the stark reality of, of the health and the healthcare inequities that continue to prevail in this country as well as increase the conversation related to social injustice and inequality, which adds another layer of needing to build trust. So the pandemic and and these conversations that have been brought to light really accelerated the commitment and the dedication of clinical research organizations and pharmaceutical manufacturing sponsors to design and plan for more inclusive trials that expand access and opportunity for clinical research so that we're not only more more closely matching the trial population with the epidemiology of a disease, but we're also removing the systemic barriers that prevent clinical research from being a potential option in a patient's disease management decision. Can you describe what IQVIA's efforts have been in this? We have some future initiatives that are planned that have historically not been standard actually in industry funded trials, even though we know these are critical activities for building trust with certain populations. So we're building out a community engagement program so that we're gonna be able to engage with trusted community partners and educate local communities uh, before even engaging on a trial. 
you should not be engaging communities with the sole purpose of recruiting for one study. So we're going to be building out these engagement programs so that we can promote a, generating awareness and enhancing trust in the research process ahead of going out to recruit for a particular trial. We're also developing a diversity and inclusion focused investigator community site network. So we'll be partnering with HBCUs and other diverse investigators and be offering training and incentive for these sites to be included in our partnership network. During the pandemic, how has IQVIA approached recruiting more diversely and representatively, and how has it utilized technology to do so? During the pandemic, we were able to recruit really an unprecedented number of participants for a COVID vaccine and, and our monoclonal antibody trials that more closely represented the U.S. population as well as the communities that were most negatively impacted by COVID than we as an industry have done historically with recruitment patterns for clinical trials. Our approach to achieving clinical trial diversity that we have developed and we're delivering on today is structured around addressing the systemic barriers to access and opportunity that prevent racially and ethnically diverse populations from participating in clinical trials. And we focus across the trial life cycle when we're purposeful in recruiting more representative trial populations. So starting with using our data assets to identify the intended trial population based on the epidemiology of the disease. And so then we can reflect in our trial design and strategically design our protocols to be more inclusive of that intended treatment population. So we're looking at comorbidities, patient burden, and other factors. And then also incorporating patient voice and experience into all of these aspects of design and planning from the outset. For site selection, we're prioritizing sites that are best positioned to reach the intended trial population by layering into the site selection criteria our population data, our consumer data, as well as our historical performance of those sites. And so for our COVID trials, for example, we used COVID density prediction data to make sure that we were selecting sites in the right locations and that also have the potential and capability to recruit the participants that were representative of those most impacted by COVID. And we also found with our COVID studies that we needed a lot of really focused efforts at the site level to help set them up for success. So our sites, our CRAs were all trained on why it was important to recruit reflective of the population impacted by COVID we provided them with training and materials to speak with their local community members. Um, we also found it was important to continuously monitor and reinforce the diversity enrollment goals and support the sites throughout the study with reminders and, and monitoring those performance. And so using our COVID density data, the CRAs were equipped with dashboards that gave them visibility into the local community demographics near our sites, and they used that for monitoring recruitment trends. For patient recruitment, we're partnering with patients to embed patient voice into our planning and design processes and, and having that really inform our strategy so that we can make sure that our materials and, and the outreach that we use is resonating and can reach the right patients. And so for our COVID trials, we found that it was important to potential participants to know, for example, that a diverse group of individuals had participated or they had tried a vaccine. We needed to be really transparent about the research objectives, provide really clear information 
because we needed to help mitigate some of the confusion from what was being reported in the media and just make sure that we were being very clear on, on vaccine development in the entire process. We tailor our patient-facing materials to be culturally relevant, so our study branding, our messaging, where we're placing ads, our community outreach strategies, and these are all customized for the local geographies. With our direct-to-patient outreach campaigns, we're applying our predictive modeling and targeting methodology so we can be really precise with our advertising to reach the right population for a specific trial. And then we have community engagement programs facilitated by our clinical trial educators. And we developed a systematic approach for them being able to identify and partner with local stakeholders who, again, are trusted sources and can be leveraged to help educate on clinical research and, and share the clinical trial education and help with the messaging to communities about the importance of having diverse representation in trials. We have data sources that are allowing us to predict based on warning signs when participants are not likely to continue in a trial so that then we can adjust our engagement efforts. Um, we also have retention technology. So our patient portal, for example, allows trial participants to log on on demand to access not only study related information, but information related to their disease and then more motivational engagement content to help really validate the importance of their continued participation and thank them for their participation and inform more of a sense of a trial community. How are we leveraging technology to raise awareness, to recruit more diversely, to conduct the study and engage with patients post-trial? Technology allows us to be agile and, and adapt to the situation and COVID really shone the light on what it's possible with their adoption of technology oriented strategies that we had to implement during the pandemic. And I think this is likely paving the way for the future. So it just became necessary with clinical trials that virtual components needed to be integrated into our delivery models, whether that's modifying a protocol to accommodate virtual visits or focusing on more digital recruitment strategies versus being out in the community. Here at IQVIA, we're deploying some virtual initiatives to address this issue across the trial life cycle. We're partnering with industry stakeholders to help raise awareness of clinical trials in general with research um, educational events that we're offering free to the public. They're held in cities where we can reach a high number of diverse individuals. With the pandemic and the need for social distancing, what were once community-based educational events are now hosted virtually. And combined with these educational events, COVID has also helped increase awareness of clinical trials with the media coverage practically every day. And so with all of these discussions, there's now more of an awareness and it, it provides us an opportunity to increase the diversity of our trials because this base knowledge of research has now been established. You know, nearly now 75% of adults in the US are using social media. So when you think about the fact that that the internet and general media are usually primary sources for learning about clinical trials. It provides an opportunity for using online advertising to be more inclusive with our recruitment efforts because we really have a larger audience now. What has the outcome of that been? We've been really successful with recruiting demographically diverse participants into our large COVID vaccine trials. And we used an omni-channel direct-to-patient recruitment approach. 
because we're now able to use predictive modeling and algorithms to really precisely identify research participants. And so we can reach diverse audiences in, in really a focused way across a variety of channels. So we can geo-target ads on social media to reach specific geographical locations or cultural segments. We used our health network of patient communities. And, you know, and all of our data assets helped us to focus our outreach efforts to the correct segments. And then in terms of conducting the study, we try to proactively address barriers to their continued participation in a trial. So we know that traveling to study visits can be burdensome. And then when you layer on COVID, 80% of clinical research participants during the height of COVID were unwilling to visit the trial site for study appointments. And so one way to make study visits more accessible was to incorporate virtual components into the study design. And I, I don't think that's to anyone's surprise, but the ability to offer these remote solutions can then ultimately increase access to our trials to more diverse and geographically dispersed patients, but also reduce dropout rates because participants now can use digital health technologies such as mobile devices to report information from the convenience of their own homes. And then lastly, we can use social determinants of health data for predictive modeling so that we're able to predict no-shows for appointments and we know where to focus our efforts in proactively to reduce dropouts. And then engaging post-trial, we oftentimes provide a summary of study results written in patient-friendly terminology. And then we're also implementing a process to provide PIs with the tools to share the study results virtually with the community members after a study. What approaches would you recommend to mitigate the digital divide? Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, we're all rushing to adapt our study designs to accommodate more virtual settings, but we need to keep the digital divide in mind and the fact that not everyone has internet access, they may not all have computers in their home, some older populations, as well as Black and Hispanic older adults are also less likely to search for health information online we've seen actually digital use increasing with COVID. Among adults in the US, research has shown that those who are racially or ethnically diverse, they're now looking for health information online using their smartphones. So we may think about using smartphone compatible communication strategies as an approach that may be more inclusive. You know, especially with our recruitment for our COVID trials, it was a combination of efforts that enabled us to achieve our diversity and inclusion enrollment targets. And we used various digital marketing channels, as well as more traditional channels, like direct mail, for example, was really successful. So my recommendation would be a multi-channel approach that is developed based on knowing who your population is, and then being able to quickly shift based on what is and isn't working. Mistrust has come up a lot with clinical research recently. How has IQVIA approached combating mistrust amongst typically underserved patient populations? Yeah, so we have a lot of new initiatives on this front. In one area, we are adapting our on-site support services offering. So this is where we place study coordinators on site. And we're now going to be able to place community-based research staff on site who will be hired directly from the community. They're going to have the qualifications and background to act as more of cultural brokers to help sites in connecting with their local communities and help instill trust in research and then in, at that more at that site level. We're also going to be expanding on our community engagement program and putting an approach and, and resources in place to start partnering with 
in trusted community stakeholders in geographies all across the US so that we can look, partner with these stakeholders to serve as a conduit for reaching diverse communities and start providing education and building trust in these communities. And then we're also developing a diversity and inclusion focused investigator community site network. Typically the majority of patients who participate in, in trials learned about the trial from their healthcare provider. So that's one reason why we're engaging HBCUs, um, we're identifying our capabilities at our current partner sites, and then we're going to be exploring new community-based investigators to develop a network of investigators who have the experience and the trusted relationships in their communities and who we can partner with to, to deliver on our goals of achieving more representative trial participation. And on a national or more centralized level, we as an industry have a lot of industry stakeholder working groups. And each of these groups has a mission of improving diversity and inclusion in clinical trials. And I think it would be great if we could come together to increase public awareness of clinical trials. We have this opportunity to use this existing media coverage as a building block for really raising awareness and familiarity with clinical research so that we can normalize clinical trials as a routine practice and care option. You know, just as we do with clinical trial recruitment, I think that we use culturally tailored messaging across a variety of channels for disseminating information and inviting individuals to participate in virtual educational events. And I think it would be great if we could also host an educational website that of course would be mobile optimized for continuing that general trial education, providing disease information, and then ultimately trial matching opportunities. It's also important to prioritize healthcare professionals and community physicians. Raising awareness with diverse healthcare providers may have implications for their involvement in clinical research, as well as the likelihood that in the future, they would refer patients to another provider conducting a trial. What can research sites and research site staff be doing? So my vision is for these clinical trial research sites to take part in this public awareness initiative as well so that interested individuals could be connected with a study coordinator or a principal investigator in their local area. And then they can receive individualized health screenings and personal education on whatever the disease area is that's relevant to them. And this is really a way to establish trust by giving back to the community without asking for anything in return. So my other recommendation that goes along with this idea is to provide a virtual community outreach toolkit for clinical research sites to help facilitate their efforts for engaging with and educating the public and their surrounding communities on clinical research. And so we could provide them with education to help prepare their staff and increase their readiness to effectively engage with members of their community regarding research. We can provide them tools to help them create local community awareness campaigns, kind of building off the national campaigns, and then instructions and, and templates and best practices for a lot of community-based educational events, being able for them to identify who the local community leaders are so that they can have a virtual community ad board to really understand the barriers and, and how to address those barriers when running a, a trial in the future in their community. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you're partnering with patients and what you've been hearing from them and what their feedback has been. We're putting mechanisms in place to ensure that by design, we're including a representative sample of patients or caregivers to provide feedback and perceptions into the study design across the continuum of the trial life cycle. 
or the study journey. We've heard from patients, they said that they want to provide input and that they are interested in helping researchers design better trials. And we recognize the importance of making patients feel like the valued partner that they really are in the research process, which again, also helps to improve trust in research. It's also important to engage with patients after a trial. And unfortunately, patients are usually not um, engaged with after a trial, and they're usually not informed of the results of the study that they participated in. In fact, we've heard from some patients and knowing whether or not they will receive a study summary after their participation is an important factor that they take into consideration when deciding whether or not to participate in a clinical trial. And so in the spirit of ensuring that we're keeping the patient at the center of what we do, we're trying to reinforce this both centrally as well as on a local level. We're also working on a process for equipping the principal investigators with a patient-facing presentation that, that they can use to share study results back with members of their local communities. So the PIs can go to those same community events or they can invite those same attendees back to a webinar where they can provide the results of the study. And so this follow-up and engaging back with the community where the education and the recruitment took place is really important for maintaining trusting relationships. What considerations do we need to keep in mind to ensure that decentralized approaches or technology approaches resonate with different communities and different cultures? You know, one important consideration is digital health literacy and understanding a patient's ability to not only look for, but also being able to understand and apply the health information that they find online to their personal circumstances. So it makes it more difficult for some populations, especially racially and ethnically diverse, older adults, populations with low socioeconomic status, who are among those experiencing limited digital literacy or, or even limited access. And then you also have to consider the usability of mobile health apps, which again, is not consistently usable across different populations. But I think we can look at care in clinical practice and translate that to clinical trial visits. So we saw that telemedicine is now a necessity during COVID. But during this time, primary care physicians are reporting that there's differences with access to care that's been delivered through telemedicine. So in a lower proportion of telemedicine visits are conducted among diverse patients. And so to address the issues that were reported by these patients, the staff members at some primary care facilities are now contacting patients over the phone before their visits and walking them through a video application before their scheduled visit so that they're more comfortable with the technology and the idea of a virtual visit and they're able to log in for a visit. This type of education for using digital platforms could also be considered for virtual clinical trial visits to help increase the usability for certain populations. And then there's a lot of community-based organizations that have experience in, in the staff to provide digital literacy training. And we may wanna consider partnering with these types of organizations to provide that training as well. And then there's also different cultural perceptions related to telemedicine. So like traditional clinical trial models, lack of interest and skepticism about the researchers or the value of the study are also barriers for underrepresented populations to participate in digital health research. African-American or Black populations have expressed concern over confidentiality and privacy with personal information over the internet. 
they've also raised concern about the physical absence of a specialist. And all this is likely, you know, as a result of the historical mistrust in, in unethical conduct that has happened previously with clinical trials. And Hispanics, for example, have expressed concerns about the availability for the uninsured or the undocumented. And this is with telemedicine. So again, I think that these concerns specific to telemedicine could be addressed for increasing the acceptability of a virtual trial visits. I think that if we partner with patients to really understand their perspectives and, and what the specific barriers are for them, that we can tailor our approach to be more culturally relevant. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that in a clinical trial, the participant isn't seeing the site staff face-to-face. -face. So we need to make sure that they're feeling like their contributions are meaningful. And it's not just a transaction. We, you know, we don't want participants to feel like they're just inputting their data online and some big switchboard is collecting their data. So it's important that we're promoting the value that they're offering. And that, you know, we can do this by being really transparent and making sure that we're sharing the study rationale with them, why we're actually conducting those assessments and why they're important for the study. It's just as important, if not more important, for improving engagement with digital interventions as it is for traditional models. Do you think there are any approaches that have been adopted as a result of the pandemic in terms of running trials or recruiting patients that you think have longevity even in a post-COVID context? Well, COVID has been a catalyzing moment. We've seen a heightened focus and commitment across the industry to design and plan for more inclusive trials that will expand access to populations that have historically been underrepresented. Although COVID certainly sparked the expeditious development of some initiatives here at IQVIA, we've been engaged in collaborating with industry stakeholders with the goal of diversifying clinical trials for many years. We have now a, established a corporate diversity in clinical trials imperative and invested in the expertise and resources that span across the organization for ensuring that our trials are accessible and inclusive of traditionally underrepresented populations. Across the industry, we're conducting trials to be more inclusive. So, so site selection is changing. We're shifting towards selecting sites based on where the patients are. We're adding new investigators to the site mix who can contribute towards a more representative trial population because they're in the right locations. We're training and we're preparing sites in new ways. We're, we're training them on and, and having conversations about the importance of diversity and inclusion. We're training them on how to have effective conversations and that we're now providing support for community outreach. We're making a lot of adjustments to our systems and reporting methodology so that we're better able to track enrollments against our diversity and inclusion goals and targets. And as a necessity, we've, we've really adapted to virtual methods for communicating and engaging with patients regarding clinical research. And I think we have all of this momentum now, and I don't think we'll go back. So I anticipate that the focus will be on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as more hybrid approaches to clinical trials to increase access. And I think both will be here to stay well beyond the COVID pandemic. Becky, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Becky Johnson, again, is the Director of Global Diversity and Inclusion in Clinical Trials at IQVIA. For more information about our Pharma Talk podcast, you can visit theconferenceforum.org. Thanks, everyone.